podcast is sponsored by Immunase. Give your body advanced nutrition all year round with Immunase multivitamins, available in original and extra protection formulas. With vitamin D, zinc and selenium, which contribute to the normal function of the immune system. Immunase from Vitabiotics, the UK's number one vitamin company. Available from Superdrug. Hi, I'm Dr. Zoe Williams, your host for Healthful, Superdrug's brand new podcast discussing the health topics affecting you right now. This week, we'll be discussing how to help your immune system, from how it's impacted by age and sleep and what you can do to support it. And joining me this week, we have physician, television presenter and author, Dr. Christian Jessen. Hi, Christian. Hello. Hello. Former Love Island star and trained pharmacist, Anna Vakili. Hi, Anna. Hi. And my friend, Dr. Hazel Wallace, a medical doctor and registered nutritionist. Hi there. Hello. So to get started, Christian, let's come to you. Let's start with the big question. What is your immune system? Yeah, and big question is is no overstatement, is it? In fact, it's an understatement. It's, It's a really hard question. I mean, in a nutshell, your immune system is your body's defense against invasion by foreign bodies, shall we say, um, by bugs, Mm -hmm. uh, simply. Um, If you want to expand on that, your immune system is actually a vast, you know, uh, sort of interconnecting uh, network of of surveillance and uh, viral fighting and and bacteria killing um, that we don't really fully understand, I think. Um, But we, for the terms of this podcast, I think we've we've got most of the gist of it. Yeah, I'm glad you have to answer that rather than me. It's quite a tricky (laughs) question. And then obviously surveillance against things like cancer as well, when, when our own bodies make mistakes. And cancers. I mean, it's a fascinating system. I think people just think of immunity as fighting bugs, which is exactly how I described it in the opening. But you're absolutely right. It doesn't just fight bugs. It fights unusual cells as well, be they your own cells sometimes when they go wrong, or even other people's cells sometimes. It's very, very clever. And it's very, very important. So why do you think that immunity is sometimes overlooked? I think like all things in medicine, if you can't see it, it, it ain't mm. there sort of thing. Um, it's a bit like yeah. blood pressure and other stuff, you know, dull things like that, which we don't think about um, really until it starts to go wrong. Blood pressure is always a good example, I think, because even when it's going wrong, you still feel fine and, and you still don't think about. Immunity tends to give you little clues that it's not functioning properly. You can start to, people say, oh, I feel run down. I keep getting bugs. I keep getting infections and things. I think some of that might be true. Some of it might not be true, but I think it's overlooked also because it works so well for most of us. I mean, it's so brilliant that we don't need to think about it. And actually, a lot of the time, we don't really need to do much about it, arguably, because it just trots along in the background functioning nicely. It's when it goes wrong that we really need to wake up and start thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. So, Anna, you've been working on the front line as a pharmacist. Have you noticed that people are becoming more conscious about having a healthy immune system? So I think since the coronavirus pandemic a lot more people are coming into the pharmacy and looking for more ways to support their immune system they're more worried as well if they're not taking certain measures to have a good immune system so yeah more and more people are asking about different supplements to take to support their immune system the hand washers are always low in stock (laughs) so yeah (laughs) that's good that's good people are definitely more interested you work as a pharmacist so what types of things are people buying or making inquiries about or what beliefs do people have about their immune system so people are asking a lot about what supplements will help 
you know, boost their immune system and just asking for general advice. As well as that, obviously, we all know, um, not just in the pharmacies, but even in the supermarkets, people are taking measures with, you know, hygiene, hand gels, just in general, like keeping like clean, because that's very important as well to make sure you don't get sick. So, yeah. And toilet roll for some reason, which doesn't make sense. (laughs) Exactly, toilet roll. (laughs) But yeah. And Hazel, what are some of the ways that that the health of your immune system can impact on your overall health? So there's lots of ways. And like Christian mentioned, you know, infection is probably the first thing that comes to mind when we say we've got a low immune system. We're more likely to pick up colds and flus. But it also means that we're more likely to take longer when it comes to healing from things. So if you cut yourself or if you had surgery or if you injured yourself, it would take longer to get back up after that. And also our immune system is also involved in inflammation, which is a word that's thrown around a lot. And inflammation is neither good nor bad. It's really just getting the right amount of it. Um, But low grade inflammation over many, many years, so across your life can lead to long term health problems like heart disease, Alzheimer's and things like that. So it's not just in the short term that we need to look after our immune system. It's also looking after it for our long term health as well. And I bet I bet everybody shares this same bugbear that I have, because obviously you want your immune system to be functioning optimally. But you don't want to boost your immune system. Like people are always talking about, take this to boost your immune system, do that to boost your immune system. But if you make your immune system boosted, if you make it work more than it should do, more than is normal, then that can be problematic as well, can't it, Hazel? Yeah, absolutely. So we see that in people who have autoimmune disorders, which is where their immune systems kind of hyper reactive to things, which means they're getting these um, unpleasant symptoms from just really minor things. And so it is a fine balance. A little bit of inflammation or a little bit of our immune system acting is good for us. If it's going the other way, it's not great. So yes, you're absolutely correct. We don't want to boost it. We want to support it, but not boost it. Can I add in here? I'm an allergy sufferer. So I have hay fever and I'm really allergic to dust mites, spectacularly allergic to house dust mites. And I'm an example of therefore someone with an overactive immune system that makes me miserable um, at certain times of the year or when I'm cleaning. Horrible thing. I bet there are loads of people out there that can uh, sympathise with that, myself included mm. as well. And do you know, it's one thing sticks in my mind from medical school. When we learned about immunology, it was so complex and so overwhelming. But I always mm. remember that you have all these different types of immunoglobulins and there's one type that's called IgE. And often in people who are perhaps like you, Christian, who are quite allergic, might have higher levels of this IgE. And it always sticks in my mind that IgE was is kind of there to protect us from helminths, which are worms. So if you think about all the allergy symptoms of sneezing, coughing, vomiting, rashes and scratching our skin. And it's almost like because we don't experience worms, certainly in this country, um, our IgE part of our immune system is now reacting to things that it shouldn't, like pollen and dust mite and certain things that we come into contact with. And I just found that so fascinating that our immune system so clever that if it gets bored it adapts and starts to cause us cause us problems i think most of the most of the conditions we experience arguably nowadays are sort of results of our own 
for want of a better word, industrial revolution. So the way we have yeah. uh, science has progressed, you know, versus biological evolution, you know, we could have maybe phased out IG a little bit. Um, that would have helped, but we've managed to get rid of worms. IG is still functioning really well and we're almost suffering now because of it. Yeah, that's right. Anna, what sort of things impact on your immune system? I mean, people are really particularly interested in the past 12 months because of the pandemic. Um, but, you know, things like age or gender or levels of fitness, what, what sort of things just generally will impact on how how well your immune system's functioning? I'm not sure about gender, you know. I I heard, I think research has showed that I think females are more, have a better immune system. <laughs> so yeah, we're winning. Do you know what? <laughs> I, don't winning, know. I, don't I don't know about that either but I would if I had to guess I would say that females would do better yeah which is great <laughs> for us but I mean I don't see how because I see I think we stress a lot more um so yeah I think one of the biggest yeah. things is stress I think stress when you're stressed your immune system it is weaker um and you're more likely to get sick so there's like loads of small things I think add together to help your immune system so there's stress sleep diet, exercise, the more healthier you are as an individual, the better your immune system. Yeah. And it's totally true what you say. It's that it's the cumulative effect, isn't it? You Absolutely. know, if you're somebody who is generally pretty healthy, mm-hmm. but something stressful is happening in your mm-hmm. life and you can't control that. Actually, if you've got that baseline healthy lifestyle generally you're more likely to to do better so it, i guess it's about focusing on the things that we can have some control over exactly it's like it's all together um that's what it is so i mean and also yeah like alcohol as well no too much alcohol mm. smoking all these things True. it's just about being an overall healthy individual I think I think these days we sometimes we forget to talk about smoking because we kind of feel like that message has been hammered to death and people know. But it's important to mention when it comes to our immune system, smoking is actually the single most important detrimental thing that we can do to Absolutely. have a negative impact on our immune system. So yeah, yeah, people yeah. And I think smoking. it's still I think it's still an issue as well. That's the thing. I think we we have so many people coming to the pharmacies to get help with the stop smoking clinics that we have. It's still very much an issue, and and I think sometimes people forget about it, like you said, because we think that it's covered, but it's it's very important. We keep so, reminding ourselves, <laughs> everyone around us. Yeah, and I, I think and I think the message is important that you know, like you like you say, I think people who smoke might be fed up of being told you should stop smoking mm-hmm. because it causes X, Y, and Z, but actually making sure that people are aware of all the support that's out there, whatever yeah, works. Yeah, absolutely. And and these things do work. I've seen it myself. So many people that have successfully gone through the stop smoking clinic and come out and they don't smoke anymore. So yeah, definitely. And um, And that's also really important to remind people that you can bypass your GP if you want to and go straight to your local absolutely. pharmacist for support with that. Absolutely. Yeah. So... What are your views on, you know, the theory that children that grow up on farms don't really suffer with allergies because they, you know, their their immune system comes into contact with lots of bugs that we're designed to deal with? Um, so therefore, the question being, if you don't live on a farm, should your child lick the floor every now and again, <laughs> so to speak? The hygiene. It's called the hygiene hypothesis. There we go. Right? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I think there's some evidence for it. And I think if we think about it logically, if you're playing in the muck and dirt and you're ingesting it, whether through your nose or through your mouth, um, also in our gut, we've got 70% of our immune system. So if we're kind of exposing our immune cells to little bits of dirt and little bits of bugs, 
our body's going to be like, oh, okay, that's not too harmful. We don't have to overreact. But if you've been completely sterile for the first couple of years of your life, then your body's going to find all these things quite new and novel. I think it's still a theory. It's not yet proven, but it's interesting. I'm a big believer in it. I think it makes very good sense, actually. I really do. There's a picture at home on my mother's bookshelf of me as a little baby in my romper suit, snuffling through the leaves outside with a massive <laughs> grin on my face. And I'm holding something in my hand like this. And if you look really closely at the photo, it's actually a dog poo, oh! which no one had realised. <laughs> no one had realised at the time of taking the photo that I'm gleefully about to smear this dog poo probably all over me. Oh, my um, God. I want to point out my allergies came later as an adult. I never had any as a child. So. <laughs> and I also want to say thank you on that note, Christian. You're the first person to mention poo. A podcast Hurrah! without poo is a boring <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Our turmeric capsules are a daily supplement to support general well-being and are formulated with vitamin D. Vitamin D helps to support normal function of the immune system, as well as maintaining healthy bones and teeth. Find in store or online at superdrug.com. Food supplements should not be used as a substitute for a varied, balanced diet and healthy lifestyle. Always read the label. Okay, let's move on a little bit then. I want to talk... Um, to you, Hazel, about you're a registered nutritionist as well as a doctor. How important is diet and nutrition when it comes to our immune systems? Super important. And I think, like I just mentioned, a huge amount of our immune system actually resides in our gut. So obviously anything that goes through there is going to be in contact with our immune system. So it's really important that what we put through there is good, is nourishing. Um, and I think like we all know at extremes of malnutrition, so if someone's extremely underweight, that they're going to be more susceptible to illnesses because they don't have enough nutrients in their body or the right kind of nutrients. Um, but coming back to what you mentioned about boosting your immune system, I think there's some confusion about the role that nutrition plays when it comes to our immunity. And especially now that we're going through this pandemic, a viral pandemic, a lot of the questions I'm getting asked is what foods can I eat to boost my immune system? And so the first thing I'm like, hold up, okay, immune system boosting, let's put that aside. You can't do that with food. However, a healthy balanced diet can support your immune system. The thing is though, it's not about choosing particular foods. So, you know, eating goji berries for this or just eating oranges or lemons or anything fancy it's really just a healthy overall balanced diet and there is there are certain nutrients that do play a role specifically in our immune system so they've got antioxidant properties which means they help protect against things that can cause damage in our body and those nutrients would be vitamin a vitamin c vitamin d zinc and selenium from they're just a couple of them um, but instead of naming out all the different foods that you can find them in, again, it's really getting a colorful diet, getting all of the uh, kind of macronutrients in there, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, not leaving those out, um, antibodies, which are um, a huge part of our immune system. I'm sure everyone has heard it now because we're talking about COVID all the time. They're made of protein. So like not only is protein important for your muscles, it's also important for your immune system. So my take home message is don't focus on single nutrients, focus on a whole diet and that will help you support your, your immune system. And what about gut microbiome? It's become a really popular topic. How is 
that involved in our immune system? Is it important and what can we do to support it? Yeah, absolutely. So our gut microbiome is basically all of our gut bugs and it's becoming increasingly known that those bugs aren't don't they don't just sit there and um, they do lots of things they interact with different organs in our body including our brain and our immune system so it's really important we support them and how we support them is through a really fiber rich plant based diet because those bacteria feed off fiber and you find fiber in any plant-based food from fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, pulses, those kind of things. And basically, if you've got a thriving uh, gut microbiome, it's going to be good to you. Um, and we know that people who have maybe um, been on antibiotics for a long time and have wiped out their gut microbiome, then they tend to have more knock-on effects, so more likely to get infections because their microbiome isn't as stable as it normally was. And so how we support that, again, just looking for a fiber-rich diet. But you can also look at adding bacteria to your gut. Now, the science isn't quite there yet, and we call that probiotics. Um, so probiotics simply means live bacteria. And you can take that in a supplement form or you can find it in fermented foods like kefir, certain live yogurts, uh, kimchi, sauerkraut. The thing to say there, though, is when it comes to probiotics in a healthy individual who doesn't have any problem, any medical problems, there seems to be no evidence that a probiotic is going to add any benefit if they've got a good diet already. So you could be wasting your money. But there are some situations where probiotics offer a benefit, and that can include things like inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome, and also after taking a course of antibiotics. So again, take home message, it's not really supplements, it's not individual foods, an overall healthy balanced diet. I always think these things are worth trying as well, kombucha, kefir, because, you know, even though they may not be adding any benefit if you're already healthy, they're not going to do any harm. And I actually really enjoy having a swig of kefir in the morning. It makes me feel like I'm doing something good for myself, whether it's helping or not. I drink it as well, actually, I have to say. And that's based on the, as you correctly say, there's not overwhelming evidence, but it's, well, it's probably going to be doing me good in this particular instance. I don't believe that about everything for sure, but for this one, I do. Yeah. And it's quite, it's quite nice. It's all right. It's, it's quite all right. nice. <laughs> um, Christian, I mean, that, I yeah. mean, that's, first of all, thank you for that, Hazel. That's, that's really interesting. And it's always good to have that, you know, truthful, science-based um, advice when it comes to nutrition. Um, but what about sleep and relaxation, Christian? Are they key? I know, obviously, if we haven't slept and if we're stressed out, then we can feel run down. But does it actually make a difference to the function of our immune system? You could do a whole podcast. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if you probably are doing mm -hmm. a whole podcast on sleep, actually, in itself. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, yes, there's, there's, there's a massive interest play between sleep particularly quality of sleep and 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 quality of your immunity the way it functions if you like um and i think this is where people struggle a little bit um you know good quality sleep actually it's quite hard to to sabotage that you know have one drink of alcohol in the evening you can kiss goodbye to good quality sleep um and uh, 
you know what the phrase sleep hygiene which i don't really like it's always used but i think it's a, it's a bit odd sleep hygiene but anyway it is it seems to be the phrase that everyone uses but it is what it is, is the it? phrase i agree it it's is a the bit phrase, clunky it? it's not very nice but that is what it is yeah sleep hygiene it, it, it's concise but i mean that's really key so you know is your bedroom at the right temperature is it dark enough do you have a decent mattress as your even is the linen that you use on the bed um you know, thread count, maybe not so important, but but is it regulating your body, body temperature well during the night? That's really important for good quality sleep. Um, stress, of course, and things like that all play a part. But uh, we'll have read a lot in the press about the effect of screen, screen time and, and blue light on affecting rhythms and things. But all of those things are important or not in ensuring that you have good restful sleep, but that also play a part. They have a, a major impact on you. Community. People who are sleep deprived over a period of time will suffer from immune problems in the long term. Yeah. I don't know if any of you have ever suffered from insomnia, but it is the worst thing ever. It's awful. 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 I went through a phase of it when I was at uni and the only place I seemed to be able to fall asleep was on the sofa in front of the TV. So that's where I slept. What about you For me, guys? it's always before I have something really important. Right, and I think yeah. it's because I work myself up. It's like, I've got to get some good sleep tonight. Absolutely no chance of it then happening. But yeah. So, I mean, a one-off bit of insomnia like that, say one night or a couple of nights, isn't going to majorly impact your immunity. So I don't want people to worry too much about that. But mm-hmm. chronic insomnia, there's a reason why we help people um, pharmacologically often with, with chronic insomnia, because it, it not only is it psychologically just draining and physically draining, but it can impact immunity as well. And it's something that people need to have a huge amount of patience with because actually falling asleep is, it's a, it's a skill. It's a learned skill kind of, and, but it's not something you can decide to do. It's your, your, the automatic part of your body is the thing that sends you to sleep. But the skill is in creating a routine. And like you said, you know, working towards sleep in the right way so that your brain, you can almost train your brain to know when it's time to sleep and when you're in the right conditions to sleep. But it can be very frustrating and require a lot of patience to get it right. I think we underplay the importance of downtime in general health. We talk about diet, we talk about exercise. And that. You never really hear doing nothing <laughs> as, as a form of actually, you know, as having health benefits. But downtime, switching off proper restfulness is, is as important, I would argue, as, as those other two things, as diet and exercise, actually. Yeah, I think that stress is the biggest epidemic we currently face as a generation. I think it's a bigger deal than obesity. I think psychological stress is it, it, everybody is struggling and suffering from it. And it's something that's getting worse and worse and worse and out of control. Um, what impact, Christian, do you think that stress has on our immune system? Without getting too technical, we know that stress increases certain hormones, stress hormones, cortisol and things which can affect sleep. And they they do directly impact on your immunity as well. So there's an immediate link and chronic stress, if it affects you psychologically, which it it obviously does, it also affects you physically um, in a number of ways. It increases your risks of of, of various diseases like heart disease, for instance. But, But specifically to immunity, there are plenty of studies. I was having a little look the other day, actually, for another thing I was doing. Um about just how quickly high cortisol levels, for instance, um, impact on white blood cell levels. Um, There are sort of direct correlations. You see these sort of rather spectacularly dropping white cell counts um, in people with high cortisol levels, which is a sort of direct correlation, arguably, between between immunity, immune function, and high stress. So it is important that people take it seriously. And during this 
this period of time at the moment when people might be coming out of 2020 into 2021 um and we've all had a fairly tough year of it you know stress levels are going to be running high um, and looking at ways uh, looking at the impact of stress and, and ways in which we can help to lower our stress is is really key right now i would say so i've got a question for all three of you now um i want you to share any tips that you have on how best to relax and of course i'll caveat this with you know, what works for one person won't work for another. So we're not saying that what we're suggesting will work for any given person. There is, to some extent, finding out what works for you. But um, Anna, what are your tips on finding a state of relaxation? Okay, so for me, it would be switching my phone off. And I don't care (laughs) how much work I've got on my phone or anything. If my mental health comes first, uh, I would switch my phone off. I like I have a little lavender spray that I will spray in my on my pillows on my in my room, which helps like just calm me down. I don't know if so other people might have a different type of smell or essential oil that might help them. <laughs> um, it would also help just to have a chat with someone like my sister. She helps me just calm down if I'm feeling stressed about something, and just go over things and just helps you know make calm me down (laughs) um so yeah they're probably my three top tips switch off your phone get off social media i think social media is like the biggest right now problem with mental health and stress um something like an oil or essential oil and just maybe talk to someone i think other people might have other ways like maybe reading a book but i'm not quite there yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that's they're really really good tips and Hazel you did a post recently which I loved I think it's as we were going into um the second lockdown and it was kind of you know you might respond by cooking Michelin star meals um you might respond by ordering takeout every day like whatever works for you works but what what tips would you share um to help people relax we'll come to you first Hazel yeah, I completely agree. I think I find it really hard prescribing uh, stress uh, reducing practices because I think what might be um, stress reducing for me or relaxing could be the opposite for you. So for me, I like to do daily exercise. I like to go for a run, but I know for some people that's not something they enjoy. And so I guess thinking about just really basic principles, um, obviously sleep still comes into stress. So making sure you're getting enough sleep and good quality sleep and taking time out in your day to actually have proper breaks. I know that when people are working from home, they're often, you know, very much tied to their desk. They don't step away for lunchtime. They don't take the breaks like they normally would if they're in the office and they're not socializing in that way. So try to have that routine where you're able to kind of control what's happening, but also give yourself a break. Um, I'm a big believer in like uh, getting outside once a, once a day, if, it, if it's safe to do so, if you're allowed to, and um, wherever you're listening from, because nature in itself, and even if it's just out in a park, can be really um, stress relieving. So just getting outside, even if it's cold, just wrapping up warm. Um, and then another thing that we tend to forget when we're thinking about all our pillars of health is um, the people around us and and staying socially connected. So I know it's difficult right now, especially if you're not living with with someone, but you can always, you know, jump on a Zoom call or FaceTime. There's lots of ways you can stay connected. We had um, a really good point made on one of the podcast recordings the other day. Um, this term socially distant, it's that we've got it wrong, haven't we? All along, it should have been physically distanced because mm, it gives mm. the wrong message because the last thing we want people to do is be 
is be socially distanced. Christian, do you have anything to add to that? That was quite a comprehensive package of tips. I have yeah, Hazel stole all the good answers, didn't she? I was like, again, one size does not fit all. And these are things that I personally do to help me. So I like playing music. I don't just mean shoving a CD on, but actually physically playing. Oh, okay. Um, what do you play? I... I play I play piano and I play the oboe actually bizarrely and I've I've revisited that so I learnt it at school and took it to a reasonably high level and then just abandoned it as medical school and doctoring got in the way and I've sort of rediscovered it and I'm finding it incredibly therapeutic I'm not terribly good but that does not matter it is not important I love doing it and the other thing I really find helpful because I do find it quite hard to switch off. I've got one of those brains that just never stops talking to me, is audiobooks. So I've started listening to audiobooks um, in the background as I'm doing things. And it's quite hard when you've got someone speaking to you. I find it hard to, to block them out completely. I find, especially if it's a good audiobook, that I listen. And I'm not a terribly good sleeper as well. It, it takes me a long time to get to sleep. Um, and playing audiobooks really helps me get to sleep as well. Just the sort of a voice is quite hypnotic, actually, if it's well read. So those are my tips. How about you, Zoe? Do you know, I started listening to the audiobook um, by Matthew Walker, the one that's all about sleep, and it sends me to sleep. It's Perfect, like then. sleep therapy. <laughs> um, well, for me... I mean, exercise is my everything. It's my go-to for stress. It's my go-to if I'm upset. It's my go-to if I want a bit of calm. Um, but I think what I've found um, last year with the lockdowns and everything is that I've always been quite into high-intensity exercise. The more intense, the better, rather throwing around weights or doing sprints or doing hit. Um, but I found that I really enjoy Zumba. Mm-hmm. That's like my new love in life. Um, and I think it's like you, Christian, it's not... It's not just the exercise element of it. I think it's learning something new, like learning a mm. skill as well, which we know of the five ways to well-being, actually learning a skill, learning something new is really helpful. Um, and I found, I finally, finally, in my 40th year of life, um, found that I'm able to meditate. It's something I've been battling with for years because I'm a bit, again, like you, Christian, I have so much going on. I've got such a busy mm. mind that I always found trying to be still just quite frustrating and even doing 10 minutes of meditation was like 10 minutes of torture it was like looking when is this over um which is not helpful but um somebody recommended water being around water so now I there's a park really close to me there's a pond and not every day but most days I try and go and just spend 10 minutes sat by the water and I focus on the water and I switch off and it's amazing so I think you know the pandemic for all of its ailments has has brought me the joy of I found a new way to meditate and I found Zumba. (laughs) So Anna, I'd love to ask you a little bit more actually about social media and what, how, you know, nobody, most of us are not willing to get rid of our Instagram and get rid of our Twitter and, you know, get rid of our Facebook or whatever social media platform people Mm -hmm. use. Um, So for people who don't want to get rid of it, what tips do you have around helping people have a little bit more control over it so that it doesn't have such a negative impact on their mental health? So, okay, with Twitter, even if it helps with my career, I don't care. I don't go on it because for me, I just think it's like one of the worst places for mental health, people just throwing their opinions out, out around. And I just know I wouldn't be able to handle it. So I don't care. I'm not on Twitter. With Instagram, my big advice would be to follow pages or people that make you feel good about yourself make you happier you can relate to them that's one thing that I've tried to do um and I think set time limits like you can't be on it past a certain time maybe 
that would help or you can't be on it longer than this this like many hours a day because sometimes I think you'd be shocked if you have a look at your screen time it's a lot longer than you think you don't realize you're just scrolling on there and if you have a look I had a look the other day it was six hours and I was like wow (gasps) in one day See, I'm gasping. If I was to check mine, it's probably just as bad. Honestly, we don't realise how much we're on our phones. So I think set limits on it. Follow people and pages that make you feel good. And honestly, like, I know people don't want to come off, but if your work is not on social media, then you need to really ask yourself why it's why you can't come off for just a couple of days even or a week if, if it's not your work mm-hmm. then I think you should really think about putting your mental health first and just deleting the app for a day or two it seriously really will make you feel yeah. better <laughs> I think that's a really good point and actually if people feel very very anxious about deleting it for 24 hours then that in itself is a reason to just ask yourself some questions and start to explore why that is. Yeah. And you can always come back. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, just see it like you're helping yourself and you're healing your yourself. So, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, I remember before Love Island, before my work was online, I would delete my Instagram app for a couple of days and come back. And it used to just help me, you know, just feel better. And then when I feel more calm, I come back. Yeah, just a reset. So thinking about exercise, you know, exercise is my, it's my thing. I could talk about it all day long, but obviously, Hazel, you're also a trained personal trainer and I know exercise is, is really important to you, but how can we link in exercise to the immune system? How does it impact on our immune system? So exercise, it, there's a really complex relationship and you'll often hear people, you'll see it in headlines and on, in the media that people will say, you know, exercise actually short or high intensity exercise will give you an increased risk of colds. And this is something I've been told. Um, But here's the thing. So when we exercise, there is an inflammatory response. And that's not a bad thing because we need that so that our muscles can grow, our bones can change, they can strengthen, and we get fitter. So a little bit of inflammation, again, isn't a bad thing. But because of that um, increased inflammatory response, which causes a little bit of a dip in our immune system, if you're training for long periods of time and it's very intense, so say you're doing an ultramarathon, you, you would be more susceptible to a cold at the end. But the evidence shows that if you do moderate exercise, so if you're doing exercise every day, nothing too intense, you're having proper recovery, you're actually got improved immunity over a long period of time. So again, again, it comes down to um, intensity and duration. Um, and I mean, there's lots of time they'll talk about overtraining. I don't think there's anything there's anything that's really bad with overtraining once you're recovering. So a lot of people will train a lot, but they don't allow themselves to recover. And recover is not just having a break between exercise. It also means making sure you're eating enough, making sure you're sleeping enough to, and taking time out that way. So I guess, again, coming back to it, it's a complex relationship. But if we're exercising regularly, we're recovering between our sessions, we're going to have a good, strong, healthy immune system. If we're doing back-to-back HIIT workouts, we're not recovering, then there's a chance we're going to um, impair our immunity. Yeah, absolutely. I think for most people, thinking of overtraining is not that much of a problem for most people. Most people benefit from doing more. But yeah, really important, anything at a high enough dose 
is harmful, including exercise, including water. So really important point to make. It's that wonderful phrase, it's the dose that makes the poison. And it's, you know, that's that's what you're saying, isn't it here? And it doesn't have to be about a substance. It could be about an activity as well. And of course, there's the the psychological relationship with exercise as well. We're hearing more and more about um, orthorexia and people who kind of aren't exercising for the right reasons. It's become obsessional and they feel controlled by it. But for most people, actually, doing a little bit more would be beneficial. So I think we're all agreed, exercise, really important, as long as we're not, not overdoing it, really important thing to support our immune system. Anna, sort of in general terms, like what are some simple things that people can do to support a healthy immune system? So in general, to support your immune system, you just have to have a good lifestyle. I think that's the main thing, you know, keeping fit, making sure you're not overweight, having a good balanced diet with loads of fruit and vegetables. Um, so I think it's just as, as a whole, making sure you're at being healthy will support your immune system and help boost it. Brilliant. And generally, what are some ways in which people can think about optimising their overall health i think it's um very important to have discipline and i think even myself i seriously need to work on having more discipline um and i think generally if you have a if you have good discipline then you can have good health by just making the right choices when it comes to what you eat and fitness going for that walk I don't mean going to the gym, just going for that walk, keeping yourself moving, you know, taking the measures when you are stressed out to calm yourself down. All these things put together is what's going to make you healthy. And it's about having discipline to do those things. I think that's really, that's re- it's really good advice, isn't it? I think, and I love what you pointed out there about, it's not necessarily about going to the gym, just going for a walk. Sometimes it's the small things that, are achievable and don't feel like a mountain to climb that Mm -hmm. can make actually a really big difference. It all comes down to discipline. And that's one thing I'm even working on with myself. It's very easy for me to sit in front of the TV for hours and order a takeout, but I have to have discipline to tell myself to love my body and love myself to not do that. It does. Well, it's the self-love, it's the self-compassion. And actually it's it's the self respect I think isn't it you you know it's not that it's not that you're gonna force yourself to buy that really you know nutritious healthy food because you should it's like because you deserve it you deserve the best because you know how good it is for you exactly where do you see people going wrong like when it comes to lifestyle um you're the youngest person on the podcast as well so particularly in the younger generation (laughs) I think you know they don't drink as much as we did um they tend to I think perhaps be more physically active um with sort of people of your generation younger people where do you see people getting it wrong mostly when it comes to their lifestyle well I I mean, I don't know if I agree with the drinking and the, I mean, smoking. (laughs) Do you think a lot of younger people drink and smoke? Oh, yeah. I think a lot of young people do, I think, smoking, a lot of drinking, not having a balanced diet as well. Um, I think that's what it is. And a lot of, like, fast food, you know. A lot of youngsters now don't cook as much as well at home. They're eating out all the time, eating junk food. So I think, yeah, the the younger generation aren't so great. (laughs) 
<laughs> news to me um and i don't know how i, I feel about comment. that i'm far too old <laughs> yeah. to comment on that. <laughs> um i think you know the past six to 12 months um vaccinations have been a topic that everybody has been discussing like never before christian what advice would you give or what should people be thinking about read about them so feel confident in them because that's i think a big part in in and getting your treatment actually is understanding your treatment and engaging in your treatment and vaccination is arguably a treatment so if you have found yourself slipping off down one of the many rabbit holes wormholes whatever you call them of, of lunacy about vaccines and donald trump and bill gates and whoever it might be and 5g or whatever it is you know actually go back find a gray dull boring website <laughs> read it and actually take on board what it's saying because yeah. the dull websites are more likely to be true. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as doctors, as scientists, as pharmacists, we, we are trained to always question what we're being told. And it, the same is true for the general public. They have absolutely every right to say, well, I'm not just going to take that as gospel. I'm going to question it. I'm going to do my research. But I think that is where a lot of people go wrong is when they do their research, they go to the wrong source. They go to the person who's screaming out the loudest on Twitter, or they go to their WhatsApp group of you know their mates from down the pub and actually it's really important that you go to the right place and obviously I know Hazel this is something you're incredibly passionate about the the whole food medic website and the whole food medic brand that's kind of what it was was born on was sort of filling that gap between what's in the academic textbooks from many moons ago that were taught at medical school and what's actually right and true in today's world so where would you advise people to go when they want to get information about things anything really scientific but also specifically about vaccines yeah i think what's really great now um when you go to search about anything to do with covid you're automatically directed to the nhs website i don't know if you guys have picked up on that which um is really useful because then it kind of draws people's attention to that but we all know that when we're scrolling on social media it's uh, almost impossible uh, regardless of who you follow to like completely get away from the anti-vax community and that movement. And I completely agree. I think everyone's entitled to their own beliefs and, um, you know, freedom of speech as well. But when it comes to something like uh, vaccination, it's a public health issue. It's not just about your health. It's about everyone else's health. And if you are um, able to protect yourself, you're also protecting others. And I think we need to think about it that way as well. Um, we need to think about the people in our lives that are, you know, the older people that we have in our lives who we need to protect um, and ultimately trust the science. And I think if we have people who are qualified and educated and understand the science, are able to um, communicate this, then that helps people feel more comfortable. But if we're just telling people what to do and we're not explaining why they should do it, it's very confusing and people are going to push back. So it's just about having the conversation, I think, communicating well. And that's something that we all were taught at medical school. You know, communication skills are key. If you don't have them, the information is not going to land right. And speaking of that, Anna, as a pharmacist, you've been working on the front line. You've been, you know, speaking to people when they're away from a clinical setting and they're perhaps more likely to be a bit upfront and honest. And what's the vibe you're getting from people out there who are talking to you about vaccines at the moment? 
people are scared. There's just so much conspiracy theories out there. They think that, you know, the vaccine's been rushed. Um, they're, they're worried. They don't trust the government as much. So people are scared. But then also, I think there's some people that are just desperate and will just do it. So yeah, I, I totally agree. It's really important to do your research. And I don't think it should be forced. So yeah, but people are just stressed out at the moment and worried. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've kind of come to the end, but I want to just finish off by asking you all one more question. Another really difficult, massive question. <laughs> no, I promise, that, Christian, this life? is going to be a really, really simple, easy question. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm trying to think of one now that's really simple. Um, no, really easy. What, you know, we're, we're talking, this podcast has all been about our immune system, having a healthy immune system. A lot of it has been about looking after our lifestyles. If you were going to give people one top tip to be the happiest, healthiest self that they can be in 2021, what would your one top tip be? It's kind of a simple question, but it is kind of also complicated as well. Are you happy with that one, Christian? I am. Is that one for me? Yeah, it's is for all of question? you. All three of you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go first quickly. So I'll get the easy one if you go first. Um, <laughs> I, I am going to go back to the impact of stress and sleep, actually. I think, I think that is the sort of the final frontier in a way that we need to crack. And the importance of getting good sleep, um, as someone who doesn't get good sleep, as you can probably tell by looking at me, you know, working on that, uh, working on this horrible phrase, sleep hygiene, bearing in mind the impact that alcohol has on, on, on really screwing up your sleep, actually, um, and looking at ways to improve your sleep will have an impact on your immunity and a, and a really beneficial impact on your overall health. So as I'm only allowed to pick one, I'm going for that one. It's a good one. Hazel. <laughs> I um, I mean, I think I'm going to have to go with exercise. I'm just a really big advocate of daily movement and not just exercise in the kind of classic form of doing something really sweaty and hard, but just moving your body every day and not just from an immunity point of view, but mental health benefits, physical benefits. There's just so many. Yeah, it's uh, the kind of the pill for every ill. So I'm a big, a big fan of that. And Anna. I can't pick what, what Christian picked, can I? <laughs> No, no, no. You've got to come up with a new one. Like now you know why I went first. <laughs> Andy gave two. He said sleep and stress. Uh, yeah, to make sorry. it even more tricky. Stress is so important. That's the thing. I think stress is like a, a big thing with the immune system and your immune system drops when, when you're stressed. But since I can't go with it, I'll just go with, I, I think the next most important thing is having a good, healthy lifestyle and balance. Make sure you're getting all your vitamins. Yeah, just making sure that you're having a balanced, healthy diet. And I'm going to give one as well. Um, I think um, I'm going to go a little bit outside the box and I'm going to say my one tip for people for 2021 is about compassion. I think the past 12 months have shown us the importance of compassion, um, but not just about compassion for others, about compassion for yourself. So basically just not giving yourself a hard time and um, taking a little bit of time out to do what you need for you. A bit of self-love. <laughs> self-love. Oh, That's guys, you've That's been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, thank you, Hazel. Thank you, Christian. And thank you, Anna. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you for having thank you. me. Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you're loving Superdrug's helpful podcast, please do leave us a review. As always, if anything in this episode has given you cause for concern, please make sure to book an appointment with your GP. 